0: Welcome to the Voice of Retail for the week of March 11th, 2019. I'm your host Michael Leblanc from ME Leblanc and Company. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada and sponsored by Stream Commerce, North America's fastest-growing Shopify Plus agency. Learn more at streamcommerce.com. Another exciting week in retail, but first, two great interviews, two different generations of leadership from uh, Retail Council of Canada, actually. First up, Sonny Brar, Vice President of Member Relations and Education for RCC, MC and Session Moderator for Retail Council of Canada's upcoming Retail HR Forum on April 17th in Toronto, joins us to talk about retail HR trends and give us a sneak peek into the great sessions planned for that event. Next, we'll catch up with RCC alumni Andrew Siegwert, President of the Blue Mountain Village Association. Andrew joins us for the first of a two-part interview chatting about his not-so-new gig at Blue Mountain Village Association, working with local Main Street retailers, the essence of collaboration and the importance of the personal connection in tourism retail. Let's now listen to my interview with Sunny. Been in human
1: resources and involved in human resources, health and safety compliance for the last 16 years. Um, I've worked for companies such as IKEA, Sobeys, Maple Leaf Foods, um, recently with Toys R Us Canada, and now have been with RCC, where I chair um, the Human Resources Advisory Council. So I've been in the HR world and compliance world for about 15, 16 years, and been in the retail world that whole time also, So, which has been really great because I've got learnings from, from each employer that I've been at, but there's a lot of synergies that uh, that I've experienced, which I'm going to share later on in the podcast today.
0: And here, uh, your role is, is interesting because you not only... Um reflect and bring to RCC your retail experience, but you're also in charge of membership for Retail Council of Canada. So you've got a very broad mandate, so it's pretty exciting. Yes. Uh, you know, the membership and serving the membership. It's a different, it's a different world, right? Going yeah. from the retailer yes. to being the, it's a great perspective, but it's different, right? Yes, no, very well said. Uh,
1: it is very different, um, but I do bring that perspective, like you said, with retail. Um, so my responsibilities here at RCC is I'm, I'm the Vice President of Member Relations and Education. So with that, like you said, is membership. I have education and I also chair the Loss Prevention Advisory Council, HR, which I mentioned earlier, and Health and Safety. So, so what do you do with your spare time here? At RCC? <laughs> I was going to say, you know what, a lot of a lot of great things happening at RCC and spare times with the family, and, and <laughs> we're very big at RCC with work-life balance. So I very do good. get uh, time with the family, but no, it's a great opportunity, and uh, it's been here. I've been here for over two years now, so it's been a wow, it's been a great experience, Michael. Yeah, yeah, great
0: experience. All right, well, let's uh, let's jump right in. Let's talk about the upcoming HR forum yes. that our Retail Council of Canada is hosting, uh, and you are moderating on April seventeenth, right? Yes, April seventeenth that is correct. In Toronto, tell us a little bit about that uh, that event, yeah. and uh, tell us what you're, uh, tell us who's going to be there, and and give us a sense of the event.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, um, listen, um, you're in retail, regardless uh, HR professional or not, uh, you should be coming to this event. Um, as you mentioned, April seventeenth, join us. It's for a half day, seven thirty to twelve p.m. at the Toronto Congress Center, and keep in mind that what separates this conference a little bit different than other HR conferences, is being that it is the Retail Council of Canada, the focus is for retail uh, and retail professionals. So why should one attend and, and, and what's going on with the Retail Human Resources Forum? Listen, Michael, you've been in retail, I've been in retail, and people listening to this podcast, retail is changing. And if retail is changing, that means areas inside retail are changing. So of course today's focus will be human resources, but you talk about areas such as loss prevention, logistics, supply chain, operations. Those are all going to change as retail change as retail evolves. So do areas inside retail.
0: So you know it's a great point. I just got back from uh, Vegas, a shop talk yeah. twenty nineteen. Yeah. And one of the one of the sessions that you know the the person on the stage said, listen, we talk a lot about next generation retail, but we should be talking as much about next generation. Associates, You got like it. What it takes to, for the associates to keep, you know, for retailers to keep up with the pace of change, but for associates to keep up with the pace of change. That is very well said and a perfect segue. That That's just
1: it. Um, you know, so this HR conference, what we're very, very focused on, like all of our con- conferences, we listen to our members. Okay. So the way I can sum it up is it's really down to five main areas um, um, for the for our HR uh, conference and I'll I'll mention each area and then I will talk about a little bit more on on what that area really means so let's talk about the first key area area is the importance of coaching and mentoring we hear this all the time from our members no matter which sector you're in retail manufacturing mining forestry coaching and mentoring is very important in a workplace but I'll circle back uh, back to that The importance of employee engagement and retention. The comment that you just made is exactly that. Our members, Retail Council of Canada members and retailers and any other employer, understand the importance of employee engagement and retention. I actually have some metrics that I'm going to share with, uh, give you a little teaser today. Yeah, And and share some numbers. And, And again, we will be explaining this in a little bit more detail um, and sorry, let me rephrase that in a lot more detail uh, and next month at the event. All right. So, yes, the third one being diversity and inclusion. Um, we hear this time and time again in retail. What does that really mean? Diversity, inclusion. Am I leading by example in my business? The fourth one being change management. Again, I will touch on that. But what we're trying to say here is, listen, retailers need to know how to strategize and align the company culture, their value, the behaviors to ensure that they achieve the desired results within an organization. again, I'll circle back with that. And the last one I call is the this and that. So, you know, we have a lot of great information. We have some fast fives. We actually have our own Carl Littler, uh, our SVP of Public Affairs, who will be speaking about the Pay Transparency Act. But that's what it really comes down to. So let's circle back to the first piece that I mentioned, the importance of coaching and mentoring. And Michael, jump in anytime here. Do you know how to coach? Do you know how to mentor? You know, uh, hopefully everyone that's listening to this podcast has been coached or mentored in their life or or have had a great coach or mentor. And listen, on the flip side, Michael, you can appreciate this. Having a negative mentor um, or a negative coach Hmm. um, is also an experience regardless (laughs) because for some people it teaches them on what type of leader they're not going to be through through that experience. So we have a session that KPMG is going to lead and they're actually going to give you real life examples on what it is to be a good coach, Hmm. what it is to be a good mentor, what are leadership skills. Listen, you and I can sit here and say that I, I think I have great leadership skills. Michael, I'm sure you do too. But how do we measure that? How do we genuinely know that our employees... Hmm. uh and and the people reporting to you see you as an effective leader.
0: you know what I like about that the uh, the idea is is this idea that many more things can be quantified than ever before in right. some way even the, even the soft skills around, uh, you know, engagement and mentorship. Yep. As you said, you know, learn from a negative before you learn from a positive. I don't know if I'd advocate for that, right, but right. sometimes that happens, right? But but yeah. I think that, that what I'm hearing and what I continue to hear both in this conversation and others is, is you know, the, the sci- art and science, the blend of art and science coming together in retail, uh, and this is a good example. So what's what's next? What else? So, again, great segue. It's the importance of employee engagement and retention,
1: hmm. You know, we hear this time and time again in HR on the importance of employee engagement or attention. And to throw, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm going to share a metric with the, uh, with everyone here today on the podcast. And again, when, uh, for those of you that will be joining us um, next month, we will get into more detail about this. But RCC last year um, did a human resources um, trend survey in partnership with Morno Chappelle. And we asked HR professionals. So we, we talked about 50 large organizations. We asked HR professionals, if you can group five main things that are keeping you up at night and what's really important to you, what would those five be? Now I'm not going to share all five with you today, mm-hmm. uh, but I will share um, one of the most important one. 87% of people that completed this survey, Michael said that employee engagement and retention was the most important thing mm. in their business. Now, you don't look surprised? I'm not surprised. Labor markets tight. Labor markets Shouldn't tight. No surprises. Gaining talent, keeping that talent. There's a lot of work that and investments that go into a worker that joins your organization. We all know that. Once that worker, you know, grows, becomes more competent, what a mm. beautiful feeling it is. But there's always that, will they leave us? Yeah. So, how does an employer keep a talented individual, what are the strategies? And we have uh, people and HR professionals from Ardennes, from David's Tea, from Purdy's Chocolate to really give real life examples of what employee engagement and retention means. In a nutshell, Michael, before I move on to the next point is give me actual real life ideas and strategies that you are using to keep your workers in your business and keeping them engaged and this is a very exciting session Um, and again we have some great uh, people on the panel so definitely looking forward to that so for those of you joining us you will hear some real life examples on the importance of people culture engagement and
0: retention the art of innovative engagement art and science like like sometimes this stuff writes itself for us right
1: well michael that's what we try here at retail (laughs) council of canada (laughs) and on the voice of retail and the voice of retail all right what's next all right. Bring now, us home. Bring us this home. This one, yeah, before I bring us home, is, listen, diversity and inclusion. Okay. You know, we've heard this um, mentioned many times by our members, and especially in HR. Um, as mentioned earlier, I have the privilege of being the chair of the HR Advisory Council here at RCC, and this question gets asked a lot. What is diversity and inclusion? You know, do are the customers that are shopping in my retail business... Do they see themselves reflected in your business? Mm -hmm. Um, What does that mean when you're hiring and retaining? How do you ensure a quote unquote diverse workforce that reflects the ever changing customer demographic? That's not an easy thing to do, Michael. Yeah. Right? And and to stay uh, and ensure that you are an equal opportunity employer. And for this one, you know, we're very grateful to have Home Depot. Um, who's hmm. done a great job with this, who's going to be touching base on the importance of diversity and inclusion and then also giving tips and strategies on how to ensure that you are successful in this area in your business from a consumer perspective, but also from the employees. All right, so I like how you said bring us home. <laughs> um, so I won't get into the this and that piece. You know that We have some great tidbits and we have great subject matter experts um, that we'll be talking about the culture of innovation. We have Walmart assisting with that. And, and Carl Littler, as I mentioned earlier, our SVP of Public Affairs, who will be talking about the Pay Transparency Act. But the last piece that I will touch on and I'll open it up for questions and, and just some comments from yourself, Michael, is change management. Hmm. We hear it. One might even say, what does change management have to do with HR? People hear change management, they might think, So what I mean by change management and what we mean by change management at at Retail Council of Canada is learning how retailers can strategize. And I know I mentioned this earlier, but it's really important how retailers can strategize and align their company culture. And the key word in that sentence, Michael, is align because that's not an easy task to do. And when it comes to your own company values, when it comes to your own company behaviors, are they aligned with your companies and organizations' goal. Hmm. And what better way to hear from actual companies and employers and people that have experienced this? So again, you, not to sound like a broken record, but there are great tips and strategies. And we're not just about, at this event, just highlighting what's going on in HR, but actually providing real-life examples to better assist you in your, uh, with your employer.
0: Well, listen. It, it sounds like an action pack because it's, it's a morning. Like it, you know, what? it's going to be an action packed morning. It I mean, is. It's a half day. Yeah. You know, listen, listen. We've been we've been talking now for fifteen minutes just to give you kind of a high overview. <laughs> and and you know, I'm 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 impressed by the roster of uh, of retailers who've right. been able to bring in who've got right. just a great experience, Thank you. Yes. national experience, yes. um, you know, international experience. I'm sure drawing on. You know, this this coming together of change, change management, keeping pace. And, and you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to all these sessions. I'm, I'm interested to hear um, Lee Jays from Walmart. He's going to be talking about how technology, everybody talks about, well, let's yeah. just give the employees more technology. Yeah. That'll solve the problem. But, yeah. you know, in, in speaking with him, it's all about, okay, yeah, uh, yes, and. The yes right. and is, okay, now how do we train that? How do we manage through that? How do we make sure that those right. employees actually use those tools for, for what they're intended to be and and enjoy it and not get stressed out not achieve the opposite uh, and so if I wanted to go, and if a listener wanted to go to the April 17th in Toronto HR Forum, where would they learn and find more
1: information? So first of all, yeah, you can definitely uh, go to our website, uh, retailcouncilcanada.org, and hit on the Human Resources uh, search engine, and that will take you right to our conference um, register um, area where you can register. Feel free to contact me or anyone on our membership team um, with the Retail Council of Canada number. Um, we are here, We are here for you. And if you have any questions... Um, When it comes to um, um, uh, uh, pricing or um, registering or if you just want some things that I didn't talk about today. Um, We definitely welcome it. Um, We only grow and get. get, You
0: get your points for that, right? You know what?
1: That's. I was gonna. I was going to end off with that, but Michael, I'm happy you said that. Yes. So for those of you um, that are going for your CHRP or CHRL, so your human resources designation, or currently have it, um, uh, you can gain points um, through this. This is registered with the HRPA. And again, if you have any questions regarding this, or you want any further clarification, feel free to visit our website or contact. Contact me directly at the RCC head office.
0: Well, great. Listen, thanks for spending time uh, with us today talking about this conference. Look forward to chatting again real soon. And uh, until then, have a great day. Thank you, Michael, and thank you for having me. thanks so much for, for joining me. You know, when we booked this, uh, we booked a first meeting and, and we had technological gremlins that got in our way and then I, we rebooked and I didn't realize we rebooked right in the middle of what's got to be a pretty busy season for you, busy week, is, is March break. Um, how, how's the week going so far?
2: Oh, hi, Michael. It's so great to talk to you. It's great to connect with my friends back at RCC. I miss you guys a lot. Um, oh, yeah, March break is stunning. I'm staring out at the ski hill right now and it is sunny there's not a cloud in the sky and um, we're we're tracking really well it's a really fun holiday because it brings a, such a diverse group of people to the to the region and of course um, this time of year the weather is usually pretty nice so it's a it's a skier's week for sure
0: let's tell you you already mentioned rcc and i've introduced you as as a, a friend and colleague from retail council of canada but tell us a little bit more about yourself how you how you arrived both uh, to rcc and then and what you're doing today
2: Wow. Um, that's, that's going back a little bit of a
0: ways. Um, I started, I
2: started, I won't say the actual year cause who wants to do that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I started at retail council of Canada, uh, quite a while ago, actually it was at the, the genesis of the retail as a career movement that the association was driving. And I joined the association, um, to develop the sales associate store manager certification programs. We did scholarship development and really focused on, um, the the HR side of the business, and then from there I I uh, worked on conferences and events, membership services, supported our advocacy work, and um, you know it was a, a I loved working for and with merchants. Uh, there's something about the magic that happens uh, where businesses work directly with consumers, sort of at that transactional level. You just get so much data and intel. And one of the things that I loved about my time with the members at RCC is they were always so dialed in to the trends on what was happening on the ground. And, of Mm. course, conversely, what needed to be done to stay ahead. And, you know, so fast forward a number of years, I um, had this great opportunity to take this role at uh, an organization called Blue Mountain Village Association, um, which is headquartered here in the town of Blue Mountains. And many people know us as Blue Mountain Resort. And what we do, we're this really unique hybrid organization. So we represent all of the community stakeholders. So we're sort of a bit of a multi-headed engine. So we're destination marketing. So if you think of groups like Tourism Toronto or Tourism Vancouver, you know, responsible for marketing the destination across the board. We also serve as a bit of a business improvement zone, or BIA. So we represent about 70 different commercial businesses, whether that's food and beverage, retail, experiential, services. Um, We do a fair bit of international marketing and sales and more long lead sales. So in a destination, you know, a lot of your members are serving the here and now, and they might be marketing for the next season or the next two seasons. We do a lot of work to seed markets five years out. So the last few years, we've been heading over to China and building the markets in Asia. And and we can talk a little bit about that later. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we do a lot of experiential stuff on the ground. So a lot of festivals, a lot of programming. And then, and then, last, and probably my favorite is the regional business and economic advocacy. So you can kind of see where. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, the, it's sort of a really interesting uh, microcosm of all of the great things that I learned and experienced at Retail Council of Canada. Um, yet at the same time, uh, a, a fundamental difference is we're right on the ground, and and we actually um, own and operate some attractions as well so i get that real connection to the
0: consumer so it's a really interesting place to be you're really in the mix of marketing advocacy operations too right you're you're uh, let's start with talking about yeah let's let's start talking about um your role basically as a as a bia or working with the bias and and helping uh main street retailers grow what what um What's been your observations about uh, Main Street retail in you, in your community, and, and how do you have that discussion with them, or how do they have that discussion with you, and, and parlay about uh, growth and and you know thriving in a in a very dynamic retail environment uh, surrounded by um, by the tourism people that yeah, you bring yeah. in? Yeah, it's it's it, dynamic is a great word. Um, you know there are a lot of.
2: Um, Attributes that I would say, particularly a, a retailer or a restaurateur brings to the table for success. And in this market, particularly, um, you know, shop local resonates, uh, yet shop local is less about the product, although that has a lot to do with it, especially in an agricultural rich community like we have, um, where local food is paramount, local drink is, is paramount. But shop local is often the owner, the business owner and the teams. And uh when people come to visit, they are looking to make that personal connection with uh, you know, Bill and Peggy who own Solos Restaurant here in Blue Mountain Village. And not only do they own that restaurant and many others, but they are there working every weekend and connecting with not only locals but new visitors. And it's a it's an experience that is, I would say, really elevated. And so those businesses that operate at that level uh, are very strong. Um the other thing that's really Quite sweet about this market is a lot of the a lot of the BAA partners, a lot of the smaller businesses. They're they're really collaborative operators, and the secret of the success has been has been finding projects to collaborate on, whether that's operational or whether that's marketing. I'll give you a really good example of two. So um, if you think of a shopping center, you think of traffic counting. It's a lot of stuff we talk about um, in in the retail context or the shopping center context. By virtue of our organization, we have been able to um, invest in collaboratively a traffic counting network actually synchronized with security cameras or sort of dovetailing different types of technology. And so we are able for a small business collectively to uh, get traffic counting data at a level that would be almost impossible for them to do on their own. And we do it in a way where um, it's leveraging current assets and current technologies, and then we're sharing all the information and in intel and then the beauty is when we get together not only are we sharing the data but we have time and space to analyze the data and debate the data and so that kind of
0: dynamic exchange is really strong um it's it's great it's great it sounds like a real community that comes together and and uh, as you say no one it's very hard for any small sole proprietor to invest in that kind of technology, but to stitch it all together, it's pretty meaningful. That's, that's, that's really interesting. It is. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's really fun
2: because you can bring sort of a, um, you know, a larger retail or tourism context to a smaller business and they, and they can benefit from some of those advantages that larger firms have. So it, it's a really good example of, of where it works well. And, um, and you know, what's fun about it is, is that, um, each independent operator has a set of data based on sales, based on customers, based on, you know, whatever kind of feedback mechanism they're getting. But it's hard for them to get the complete picture. So when we work collaboratively, we're sharing a much bigger picture. And, you know, while there's a little bit of sharing of, let's say, um a potentially... um data that they might not want to share everyone benefits by getting the insights versus hiding the insights so and that's a culture that's been you know really built over time and and uh, when we come together regularly throughout the year i mean everyone's wanting to share what they've what they have observed um great successes as well as some of the failures and so that's you know having that network for people to share that has been really strong and on the marketing side that's where there's some really fun magic so we i'll give you an example of a of a program we've developed, it's called the Apple Pie Trail. It's as you know, as mom and pop as it gets. It's a it's a, it's a program that celebrates our our historical agricultural um, sector, uh, apple growing. This is one of the largest apple growing regions in the country, and so we've sort of. Uh, taken advantage of that history and the branding and we built this this tour it's a self-guided tour there are many different stops on the apple pie trail and each stop features either um uh, a culinary dish with an a- apple infusion products made with apples we had one stop it was a brewery that was selling um um dog treats with apples in them, like really creative cute <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> there's stops at like cideries and you know, you could do some on orchard picking and all that sort of stuff. So what we've done is we curated all these great experiences. This is regional, this sort of goes from, you know, Collingwood to Town of Blue Mountains to uh, west toward Owen Sound. And uh, so we're getting people in the resort community out into the agricultural lands and out into sort of external to the village locations. And it's a way for us all to tell a really big story um, and leverage the power of the collective investment. And what's fun is when, when we go to China to promote the destination, it is that, that, that mom and pop, that, that on-farm culinary nugget that really piques their interest. So, you know, it's interesting because most players are competitors in the market, but we can come together to tell a, a broader destination story. And then we get the data from it. We share the insights we collaborate on really fun experiences to augment it. And as you know, in retail experiences, everything. So these really, these really drive those authentic and memorable, um, guest experiences. And ultimately they come back as a result. So the, I would say the, on the BIA front, um, those kinds of collaborations really make things quite successful. Hi, this is Jackie Ross from J Ross Retail Recruiters. Join me and the leaders from the Canadian retail cannabis industry at the Retail Council of Canada Cannabis Summit, March 26th in Toronto. You'll hear from executives from Westleaf, Cannabis New Brunswick, High Tide Ventures, Mihi Cannabis and Fire and Flower, Plus, I'll be moderating a panel on hiring for the retail cannabis industry, featuring Chiaro, ElCAna, National Access Cannabis, and the Friendly Stranger Corporation. That's RCC Cannabis Forum, March 26th. Learn more and register at retailcouncil.org.
0: Looking forward to seeing and hearing the amazingly talented Jackie Ross and all the retail cannabis leaders. I'll be providing a quick coast-to-coast update on the state of legislation at the provincial level affecting retailers and then moderating a panel on the in-store experience in Canadian cannabis stores. So now jumping right into Retail This Week, retail news. And much of this is taken from RCC's Retail This Week newsletter, biggest one in Canada, biggest weekly one in Canada. Kind of a compilation of what's interesting and what happened in retail news over the past week. You can subscribe for free retail Council dot org. So this is kind of like a uh, companion piece. I'll tell you where the articles come from. But really, it highlights what uh, what interesting things happen in retail. And really, the two of the most interesting things that happened in retail this week here in Canada are uh, press release and some media stuff and uh, some results from Sobeys. And then in the U.S., and I think we're going to be talking about this over a couple of successive podcasts. It's so big. Hudson Yards opens up uh, or opened up today in New York. So we'll get to a little more details about that later. Uh, first of all, back to a great article in National Post, talking about um, Michael Medline's uh, review of his quarterly results, which was quite, quite solid. And he uh, really just called out Farmboy Boy uh, as a real, what he called uh, a weapon uh, for urban expansion. And, and uh, Medline's talked about that a couple of times. He, they acquired, uh, Sobeys acquired Farm Boy, Ottawa-based Farm Boy uh, for about $800 million last year. Uh, they got about 28 stores now. And, and uh, they got, uh, I'm sure with uh, the help of Sobeys, uh, from a real estate perspective and and all other from a resources perspective, i'm sure they intend to grow that real fast. Uh, by the way, if uh, you are a supplier of either services or goods to Sobeys, be sure and take in the leaders of retail breakfast with Michael Medline coming up fast April fourth I believe details uh, for four or from that on retail council. Org. It's a real unique opportunity for you and your teams to hear directly uh, from Michael, very strategic, uh, very inspiring, actually, in terms of how he's running and what's going on with that business, uh, his project, Sunrise, as he turns that business around since taking over the leadership reins a couple of years ago. Uh, another great uh, article here from, uh, from the Globe and Mail And it's talking about uh, how, and I think I've mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, how uh, Staples has turned a couple of their stores into concept stores that have not just uh, a great assortment, but also have turned it into co-working spaces. So there's an interview here and discussion with David Boone, uh, CEO of Staples Canada. And he's talking about, uh, you know, this repurposing of space, which is quite a broader trend, actually, uh, where it's uh, multi-use. And you can see the synergies, you know, Staples getting beyond just being a paper and Penn seller. They've also launched a line with Joe Minram. By the way, you can hear directly from uh, David, Joe Minram, uh, and Joe Jackman, actually, who did the design work at STORE, the big uh, Retail Council of Canada conference coming up. Sounds like a Retail Council of Canada promotion uh, podcast uh, this time around, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, anyway, you can hear him live from the stage uh, in uh, May 28th, 29th. Um, moving on from the global news, First Ontario Cannabis Retail Store licenses is issued by uh, AGCO. Uh, And so now we're starting to see after this lottery of the 25, uh, we're actually starting to see licenses issued. Um, You know, will they make the April 1st deadline? Man, time is tight. You know, all along in this process, it's been time is tight even for experienced operators. And uh, notwithstanding some partnerships, lots of partnerships uh, going on, there's some independence still in uh, in the mix. So uh, we wish them the best of luck. But April 1st is coming around real quick. Uh, so, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. All right, so let's talk about Hudson Yards, probably the biggest, both figuratively and uh, in terms of impact story, retail story of the week. So, Hudson Yards is opening up today a uh, 28 acre mixed use Manhattan real estate development, 18 million square feet of residential commercial development, five office towers, 1,100 foot tall skyscraper with uh, the city's highest outdoor observation deck that opens next year. In 2020, 4,000 condominiums, a hotel, 1 million square feet of uh, shopping, and uh, the most eye catching thing out front, uh, other than the shed, which I kind of like as the most interesting building that's an event and cultural art space, is um, the vessel. Now, that one's going to be fairly controversial. Uh, It stands out. If you were at uh, the big show, NRF Big Show, Henna Jacob Javits, you would have seen this large. Thing it, it stands fifteen stories high, weighs six hundred tons, eighty viewing stations, uh, accessible via twenty five hundred climbable steps. It costs one hundred and fifty million dollars to create. It's basically artwork out in front of uh, the Hudson Yard. So to orient yourself, like I said, if you if you're familiar with Jacob Javits Center, it's along that West Side Highway along the Hudson um it's about like i said about 28 acres and it's really somewhere between 10th avenue to 12th avenue between 30 and 34th and the west side which actually will continue to be built out closer to the water uh will go as far uh, as as 42nd in and around and and the performance shed uh like i said is is alongside it 25 billion dollars 10 years of development interestingly um, you know, the, a lot of controversy around the Amazon HQ2, which was offered about $3 billion in tax support. Uh, collectively, this uh, facility, this building, $6 billion in tax incentives, including uh, $2.4 billion to extend the number, number, number seven subway line. So it's really just a, a neighborhood that just suddenly, not just suddenly, but over time appears. So you know it really captures a lot of trends that we often talk about here. this experience, you know it feels like it's it is pulled right out of dubai. you know it's It's a mix of experience, dining, residential, food pulls it all together. Um, so the you know what'll be interesting to see over the course of time is how New Yorkers react. So the first, the anchor store is Neiman Marcus. We'll talk about that in a bit. So it's a really, you know, kind of unique, right? There's not really a department store like it exactly in uh, in New York. I mean, you do have uh, the Oculus, uh, and you do have Brookfield Place, neither of which have done spectacularly well, uh, according to uh, to articles I read about them. Um, so, you know, really, this is kind of a self-contained uh, build. It's It's really interesting. I mean, the, the, the retail center so far is 90% leased, though, uh, again, from reading different articles. And, and here I'm referring to articles from the New York Times, uh, from the Robin Report. David Cass wrote a great uh, article, uh, A New Miracle on 34th Street. There's only one I referring to in E! News, but there's many articles, and you're going to see many articles. There's another great article from an art- architectural reviewer in the New York Times. It kind of rips it apart uh, for good or ill. So that's a really interesting one, amazing kind of animation uh, diagrams and, and drawings really give you a sense of scale and, and where this where uh, Hudson Yards is. So um, you know, listen, like I said, it's pulling together a lot of different things. They expect to see sixty thousand visitors per day. Uh in terms of the people who live there, uh current listings, uh fifteen hundred fifteen Hudson Yards, four point three million condo, thirty-two million dollar Pentos, uh, you know, place that's not wildly unusual for New York City. Um You know, listen, it's a big, close, uh, big thing, close to watch, uh, closely watched, I should say, will be closely watched. And uh, by the way, if you plan on uh, going to the NRF show next year in January, I'm sure it will be uh, on everyone's tour list. I mean, it'll be one of the milestone uh, retail developments in the city. Uh, The other one I would say probably is going to be, um, is probably going to be uh, Nordstrom's uh, women's store, which is probably, uh, I believe, their most, biggest investment uh, in their company's history. That one's been planned for a long, long time. I mean, likely, and, and you know, Craig uh, Patterson and I talked about this a couple of episodes ago in our interview around shopping malls. Likely, this is going to be, you know, Hudson Yards. How much of this is incremental is really an interesting question. How much is incremental growth? Certainly, Neiman Marcus, this is their first, uh, their first store in Manhattan on the island. Uh, but, you know, there's other stores that are just really kind of pulling out pulling up stakes and moving out of Fifth Avenue. Uh, I do think Fifth Avenue will be the net uh, loser of all this. But so the big question is, uh, you know, this $6 billion of taxpayer money uh, for New York, New Yorkers' taxpayers' money, is it driving incremental growth or is it just shifting uh, growth and moving it to different places? Anyway, New York City always reinventing itself. Fascinating to watch. Um, I mentioned that uh, this is the first Neiman Marcus store. So there's another great article in Neiman Marcus uh, about that store, Uh, which is the anchor store opening. uh, And uh, this is from Forbes magazine. And it's a great article. Um, You know, Neiman Marcus is actually a really good, really great retail, Dallas-based. Unfortunately, you know, it's had six consecutive quarters of uh, same-store sales increases. Um, The challenge is, and all locations are popular, or sorry, profitable. The challenge is for this 112-year-old retailer is that they're saddled with $4.5 billion in long-term debt. That they may not over the course of time be able to get out of. We've seen that crush other retailers. Uh, we wish uh, Neiman Marcus all the best. Certainly, they're leading in this bifurcation of retail. They are leading at the high end uh, in the U.S. Let's see some numbers. Uh, they are the number-ranked store in luxury retailing in the U.S. with a 16% share, above Tiffany with a 12% share, Saks at six. Uh, it doesn't even track Nordstrom in that category. This is from Euro Monitor, and and here's an interesting quote. Uh, from the folks at uh, at neiman marcus this store is not about adding growth the story is about a learning ground we bring experience the reason to come is not to say what i'm going to buy but is going to say what i'm going to experience we're going to read and react so you know they they do this in a number of ways the integration of food is very strong here as it is in the overall concept of of hudson yards Uh, you know the change rooms while typically kind of tucked away somewhere are I uh, think really smartly put and moved out front. I mean, really, uh, change rooms are a big facet of not, of not having uh, the ability to do that in dot .com. So really interesting. Like I said, uh, my next trip to New York, I'm going here to just check it out. It's scale, it's scope. Uh, certainly, it doesn't lack for ambition and uh, let's see how it turns out oh, and now and over the next uh, number of years as it continues to expand. Um, speaking of expansion, I wanted to touch on another uh, store opening up in uh, in Europe, actually, uh, and this from um, this from Business of Fashion. Great article on the new gallery Lafayette opening up on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. A 70,000-square-foot store. It's going to have the Europe's largest Apple store and stores from Dion, Dior, Nike, Chanel, Lacombe, five-star, uh, so Sophie told hotel uh louis vuitton will be there so um and restaurants you know it's going to be an interesting you know you can see it on, on both uh, continents here a really uh interesting bifurcation this isn't gallery lafayette's biggest uh store but it is the biggest store on uh, the champ Elysees, and trying to trying to revitalize that location that draw that walk uh, and it's set to open on march 28th so uh, if you're in paris in europe be sure and check it out um really interesting you Now there's a couple of interesting things about it i'm just going to touch on quickly and it just harkens back to i was listening to uh helena folks from hbc talk about how they redid sacks and, and opened up the walls and made it bright with the windows i think it's a handicap that came with the building it's an ex it's an old hmv building but there's actually no windows so they kind of make um they make windows so to speak with six suspended glass boxes uh, fitting rooms again uh, move to the center actually i said that in neiman marcus this is actually in the gallery of lafayette but uh, i'm sure the, the fitting rooms are just as prominent in uh, in neiman marcus um, they're adopting the wholesale retail model so a lot of shop and shops uh, you see Holtz doing that here uh, I- extensively with great brands uh, being hosted uh, in in Holtz. so you know really a fascinating look at both uh, both continents and their different interpretations of what it's going to take to be successful in uh, in modern retail. Um, other stories from, uh, from e-news, from retail this week, uh, uh, there's some stories about uh, the growth and the change of digital advertising. What's interesting about that story, uh, and that from e is talking about how uh, it's going to grow. Uh, Forrester's projecting, uh, e-marketer, Forrester projecting. Digital marketing spend to reach $146 billion, with a B, by 2013. Um, but interestingly, a lot of uh, findings reinforce how Amazon's skyrocketing ad revenue is posing more and more direct competition to uh, the digital duopoly, uh, particularly of Google. So uh, it's interesting to see Amazon's strategy in its fullness. Uh, we know they don't make money. Uh, if any money selling things but now it's interesting to see uh, their take on uh, on making money that way so a busy week in retail really anchored by a couple of big stories so to speak Uh, and uh, so i wanted to wrap it up here Uh, that's a wrap on this edition of the voice of retail if you'd like like this podcast you can subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting platform including itunes and spotify be be sure and give it a, a good ranking i'm michael LeBlanc. you can learn more about me on meleblanc.co. Join me again next week for part two of my interview with Andrew Siegert, where we'll be talking about the all-important Chinese tourist retail market uh, and much, much more. Uh, until then, have a great week.